0: What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for kicking off your week with us. This is your Monday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. We're a Sports Ethos presentation, of course, and I'm your host, Joe Orrico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Orrico 99 and also at EthosFantasyBB. All of our new podcasts, articles, different news and notes, everything we got going on on the baseball side does get shared out through EthosFantasyBB on Twitter. So make sure you're following over there. If you're not somebody who uses Twitter, you can get pretty much all of that same content over at SportsEthos.com, minus, of course, the Twitter updates that you'll see throughout the day uh, from the guys who on our staff are putting out a bunch of information, different threads, different notes, pickup ideas, trade-off, things like that. You don't get that on the website. You get everything else, though. You get all the links and everything else. So make sure, if you can, that you're following on Twitter, but if not, then you can just go to SportsEthos.com and still keep up to date with all of our great content. Guys, today we are going to be looking back on some news and notes over these last couple of days. A couple of things from today, a couple of things going back to last Friday, Uh, since we did our our most recent show, which was the Friday Mailbag Show. There's been quite a few things that have come up. So let's just start off with probably the biggest news of the day here. Matt McClain called up by the Reds. He's actually in their lineup today, and I'm just going to double check it, but I believe he's batting right at the top of their order. Uh, Where are the Reds? Here they are, the Reds. He is batting second in his Major League debut today. This is exciting from a fantasy point of view, from a real-life point of view. You always love to see a great prospect get called up, and it's it's nice that it's not a pitching prospect because it seems like every time there's been a prospect called up recently, it has been a pitcher. But Matt McClain, he is shortstop. He is up to 30% rostered in Yahoo Leagues at this point, but he is somebody that I would be taking a look at in all formats, just based on the production that he's given us throughout the minor leagues. He's gotten better at each level, which is kind of crazy. But you know, if you look at what he did in twenty twenty one in high A, it was very good. You know, two seventy three batting average, three homers, ten steals. You know, fifteen percent walk rate, nearly uh, looked really good. Moved up to double A last year, looked really good as well. Seventeen homers, twenty seven steals. He batted two thirty two again, fifteen percent walk rate. Strikeouts a little bit higher than you'd like at twenty eight percent for double A, but. You still take it, especially from a fantasy point of view when you're getting those power speed numbers. This season, so far, in 38 games at AAA, 12 homers, 10 stolen bases, and a 348 batting average. 17% walk rate and a sub-20% strikeout rate. He is doing a lot of really nice things down in the minor league level. If he is going to come up and he is going to be batting at the top of this order, he's going to be fantasy viable. I think he'll be fantasy viable, <clears throat> Excuse me, regardless of where they end up putting him in the order. But if he's going to bat second... At that In that ballpark, he's going to be somebody that you're going to want to have on teams with 10, 12, 15 team league, everything. Uh, he is somebody that you should have a lot of interest in, uh, regardless of your format. He starts off at Coors Field today, too, so we might have a really big few days from Matt McLean. Now, he's not somebody, I don't think, who was available in FAB yesterday in the NFBC leagues, because... You need to actually debut before you're in the player pool. So this is like one day too late in terms of bidding. He'll be a very popular bid next week, assuming that he stays up and he does well. But I think when you look at the fact that he's facing Colorado here three times and then he gets the Yankees depleted staff afterwards in the latter half of the week, we could see a crazy week for Matt McLean that just ends up pushing the bids up into, you know, 15, 20, 25% range, depending on your team need and how much money you got left in your budget. But he's going to be somebody that's, really really interesting if he's able to you know continue to progress or even just do what he did in the minor league levels here these massive power steal numbers really impressive if you're looking at projections uh, for the rest of the season they don't look so great because they haven't really adjusted I don't think to the fact that he's been called up yet Uh, if you look at steamer they're the only one that kind of looks like it might make sense 86 games 13 homers nine stolen bases with a 234 batting average 328 on base percentage as well. That's what he's projected to have based on the high walk rate. So really interesting in OBP leagues. Really interesting for me in any leagues. Uh, Matt McClain should be added up, and he should be in your starting lineups starting today. NFBC, that will not happen until next week, uh, assuming he stays up and everything. But uh, I'm really interested in getting a couple of Matt McClain shares if I'm able to. Let's talk Drew Rasmussen. Uh, This one was a huge shock, really. I mean, I guess from the day before, if you were paying attention to what was going on, He left his start against the Yankees after seven innings and 76 pitches or so. Shut out innings, seven strikeouts. He looked really good. And there was a lot of talk on Twitter of why would he be pulled at 76 pitches? Um, You know, there's a lot of talk in blurbs and people, you know, in different Twitter threads about it. And people thought the Rays were just being crazy, blah, blah, blah. 60-day injured list with a flexor strain. Now, this is concerning... He's already had Tommy John surgery two times. Now, flexor strain, I don't believe. Again, I've said it a million times on the show. I'm not a doctor, not even close to it. But I don't think this is something that is a precursor to Tommy John. It might end up being that case, 60-day IL. I don't think for this season it really matters so much. I think that we can pretty much say for this year, Drew Rasmussen is pretty much a write-off at this point. He's going to be shut down for what they have said is going to be at least eight weeks so when you think about eight weeks from now, we're talking middle of July. He starts ramping up again. Maybe he comes back, you know, somewhere in early middle of August. Who knows what he's going to look like at that point after so long on the shelf and, you know, having to deal with an arm injury. So I am probably holding him where you have IL slots, if you if you can afford it at this point of the season with the amount of injuries. I wouldn't blame you if you had no IL spots left. I wouldn't be eating zeros for Drew Rasmussen because I think it's going to be a lot longer than we might be expecting know, uh, might not even longer than we might be expecting, but even if he does you know, meet the minimum timeline, we're probably looking at middle of August. And then what are we talking about here? Six, seven starts, maybe if all goes according to plan. That's probably best case scenario for Drew Rasmussen, that he makes six, seven more starts at the end of the season. I really don't know what to expect, but I think you hold them in those spots where you have the injured list spots. If you don't have them then uh, you can't. You can't really be holding him at this point. I don't think there's really much need for it. If you are in a deep 15-team league and you have been fairly healthy this season, maybe you can maybe you can justify it to yourself. If you say, okay, everybody else has been pretty healthy. Maybe I got one other injured player. If you're in the NFBC and there's no IL spots, it's really hard to justify, but you could make the argument that if your team is very healthy and you're going to need to you know, maybe bank on some more pitching stats at the end of the season, like probably everybody will, Maybe you hold on, but I think in you know nine times out of ten in this situation, Drew Rasmussen is going to be headed back to waiver wires. He's dropped down to seventy six percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. I would expect that to just keep falling and falling, and and it probably should. So, if you can afford to hold on, sure, it doesn't hurt. If you have unlimited IL spots, then you know by all means put them in there. It doesn't hurt. Most, ple- most teams, most leagues do not have that kind of luxury. So I think, uh, for the most part, Drew Rasmussen is going to be an expendable piece at this point, unfortunately, because he's looked really, really good this season. He was great last season, and he's looked arguably even better. The strikeout rate has been better. You know, ERA to this point, a little bit lower than it did for the course of last season. The whip is good. Everything's been really good. He's been a big reason why Tampa has had so much success. But at the end of the day, uh, it looks like the end of that run has come here for Drew Rasmussen. Let's talk about Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon just hit the IL, which is unfortunate because he's been actually really, really good. He's got a groin strain right now, so he's going to be out for probably a couple of weeks, uh, I would imagine. But if you just look at what he's been doing recently and over the course of the whole season at this point, he's actually batting over 300. Uh, You know, you wouldn't have expected that from Anthony Rendon. He's only got one home run. He's got two stolen bases, but he's batting over 300, 19 runs scored, 20 RBIs, it's honestly a situation where I think I would hold through the IL spot. He's been batting cleanup in that lineup there. You got such talented bats right ahead of him in Trout and Otani. I said it before the season that he could be, if he's healthy, a hundred RBI guy. I, you know, I think I might have speculated on 30 homers too, which does not look like it's going to be happening at this point, but I think he can be a hundred RBI guy if he's healthy. And maybe he, you know, is not going to get there just based on the volume, missing some time here. Maybe he won't ha- play enough games that he'll actually end up with a hundred. But he can be a serious producer in the runs and RBI category, and to go along with that, batting average too. Like he used to hit for very high batting averages when he was with. Um, when he was with, I was about to say the Expos for some reason, my God. When he was with the Nationals, you know, he would see good, solid batting averages from him. He's a career two eighty-five hitter, despite these last couple of years being two twenty-nine, two forty. He was hitting over three hundred there for three consecutive seasons in Washington. He can do it. The power, I don't know if it's going to come back to the extent where we saw before, but he'll probably hit, you know, 10, 15 home runs over the course of the season to go along with good counting stats, good batting average. My advice would be to hold Anthony Rendon where you can, and I think that would be pretty much everywhere considering it should be a fairly short stint on the IL. Do what you can to try and hold him. Obviously, he's going to be on your bench or he's going to be on your IL spot, but I wouldn't just be letting go of him considering the talent that we know is there, considering the good lineup context in Los Angeles. I'm holding on to Anthony Rendon unless it is... I can't even think of a situation. like Unless he's the worst player on your team and you're you know, trying to take a shot on McLean or Yuri Perez or something like that, okay, maybe in a really shallow league, but I think for the most part, like 10 teams and beyond, Anthony Rendon should be on rosters. 56% right now on Yahoo Leagues. He fell down from 60 or 59 yesterday, down to 56 today, but I wouldn't be cutting him. I think it's a little bit too premature to be cutting him. It doesn't seem like it'll be a very serious thing. You know, groin strain could be a little serious. I don't think it'll be that serious where you have to really worry about cutting him. So, Put him on the bench, put him in the I.L., but try not to, to get Anthony Rendon back on waiver wires if he can. Let's talk about a little bit of good news. Corey Seager is going to be back, not today. Uh, they've talked about when this is going to be, and I think likely it'll come at some point during these next couple of days against Atlanta. I don't know for sure, um, but that based on what they've said, there was a chance that he could have been activated today. You know, Bruce Bochy said that there was a chance that he could be playing on uh, Monday's game. Now, they ended up pushing him back. But he played in three rehab games, even though he didn't play today. This is more of a question of, because you know once he gets activated in a daily changes league, you're putting Corey Seager in your lineup. Obviously, I think the question is right now is, in a weekly lineup league, is Corey Seager going to be starting? I think you probably should. Yeah, they play, I think, a full slate. I don't, oh, they do have the, the 18th off this week, so they have the Friday off. Or excuse me, no, I'm looking at the wrong month on the calendar here. They have the Thursday off. Uh, they have the Thursday off, but they're going to be playing Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Those will be potential Corey Seager games. So even if you're getting five Corey Seager games in the average week, I think you're going to take that over most of the options that you have on your benches, specifically in a 15-team league. I think Corey Seager, in most cases, you you preemptively slot him back into your starting lineup, and we hope that there's no setback. But for the most part, it looks like he's going to be good to go tomorrow. Uh, you know, there was thought that he might be good to go today, so I think that you know after an extra day likelihood is that Corey Seager will be in the lineup and he should be slotted into your weekly uh, weekly leagues let's talk about Pete Fairbanks now another piece of good news so he's back from the injured list he was activated today the question becomes for me with Tampa and it's always kind of a question is are they going to go back to him in terms of save opportunities he hadn't given up a run so far this season in seven and two-thirds innings he was great last year as well The question is, is Jason Adam going to continue to get those opportunities? Because Jason Adam has been getting the opportunities. I believe he has five saves in the time uh, that Fairbanks has been out. And he has been, over the last two weeks, a top 50 fantasy player. Six and two-thirds innings, five saves, 10 strikeouts, a buck 35 ERA. Jason Adam's been really good. (coughs) Excuse me there, guys. I'm just going to have a sip of water. It's always a lingering cough with me. Always a lingering cough. But Jason Adam and I think Pete Fairbanks are both going to be worth rostering in most leagues, even if it is kind of a platoon, even if they just go to Fairbanks as the primary save guy, Jason Adams, based on maybe the odd win opportunity, the high strikeout totals, good ratios, I think that they're both worthy of rostering regardless of who's actually in the role. They're both guys where they don't need to be getting every single opportunity in order to have value there, especially Fairbanks. Like, I think it's an ideal situation if Fairbanks is the closer and Adam is a setup man. Uh, but either way, uh, I think at this point, both of them should be on rosters. 81% for Pete Fairbanks. He's mostly already scooped up. 70% for Jason Adam. He is still available in a couple of leagues that I'm looking at. And I think that it makes sense to roster both of them until we really know uh, the plan in Tampa going forward. From what I've read, they expect it to be Fairbanks. But even if it is Fairbanks, I think Jason Adam is still somebody that I would have interest in in most leagues. Uh, you know, Even if it's not a save plus hold league, even if it's just a regular standard 5x5 five five league, I think Jason Adam is somebody that will have value regardless of if he's getting the ninth or the eighth inning. Back to the sad news, Joey Votto. Joey Votto transferred to the 60-day IL. This is shitty news. I've been a Joey Votto fan forever. He hasn't played yet this season. It's not quite apparent to me at this point if Joey Votto is going to play in the major league again, in the major leagues uh, again. He's 39 years old. He yeah, had left shoulder surgery. There's no timetable for him to return at this point. I am. I mean, if you're holding Joey Votto, it's a very clear drop. He's still rostered in some leagues, 5% on Yahoo. Well, let me check ESPN here while I'm talking. Probably a little bit higher, No on ESPN. But at this point... Wherever you got Votto shares, uh, I think they have to be let go of. I don't know that he's going to be playing at all. Oh, only 3% on ESPN, actually. I don't know that he's actually ever going to be playing in the major leagues again. And certainly there's no point in stashing at, the, at this point. I don't care if it's a 10-, 12-, team 20-team league. If you are still holding on to Joey Votto with the hope that he can do anything for you, we saw it last year. There was kind of not much fantasy value actually there. A couple of years ago, he had, you know, one last sign of life, and he had that long home run streak, and he looked actually looked really good that season, but I think the magic has run out here with Joey Votto, so if you are still holding on to him in any particular leagues, send him back to the waiver wire. I don't think that there is going to be much need for him ever again in fantasy, which makes me sad, big Joey Votto fan, uh, but at this point, I think it's kind of the end of the line for him. Last bit of news we'll talk about here is Luke Voigt going to the IL. Darren Ruff has been signed to take his place in Milwaukee. Another situation where I wouldn't be holding Luke Voigt really anywhere. He hasn't been producing at all this season. He actually has two stolen bases and no home runs, which I don't think any single individual would have ever expected that from Luke Voigt. But yet here we are uh, through 68 at bats, two stolen bases, five runs, four ribbies, no home runs on the season. So drop him wherever you have him. There is no need to be holding on. Darren Ruff, kind of interests me a little bit in deeper leagues if he's going to be getting the playing time, but I really don't think that there's going to be much there. He's literally 0% rostered on Yahoo Leagues. I think in the 15-team league, depending on how they end up using him, he might have some short-term value. Maybe. Uh, I wouldn't be rushing to add him or anything. I would wait and see how it plays out with Darren Ruff, if he's going to be getting reps in the lineup, if he's going to be you know, playing at all. Um, I think he will, but I think... Don't know that he's going to be somebody that I'm that interested in. In a 15-team league, I probably would take a chance on Darren Ruff, but outside of that, I don't think he is going to be really that much of an option. I'm just looking at the RotoWire wire blurb here. He is a career 886 OPS versus left-handed pitching. Hasn't been as good the last couple of seasons, but still, uh, you know, there could be a chance for him to be used as that short side platoon there, and... Maybe, maybe he's able to have some deeper league value. But for right now, I don't really think there is much of a move to make out there in Milwaukee. Guys, that's going to wrap it up for us, though. Not too much news, really, over the course of the weekend that was that earth-shattering. Of course, there was Mother's Day, and there were some fun games yesterday, and you know the Blue Jays swept the Braves, and there were some interesting things. But there's not really that much news uh, that's going on right now for, in terms of like fi- uh, fantasy viable candidates or... You know, big things like that. Obviously, Matt McClain was huge news. We talked about Yuri Perez last week. The call-ups have been the big news this season, really. Uh, and, you know, we saw some guys at the beginning of the year that we didn't expect to have value, that appear to have value, sure. But at this point of the season, we're kind of just stuck, just waiting for the next thing to happen because those prospects now, have, you know, the vast majority of them have been called up. We kind of just need to wait and see uh, where the pieces will fall at this point. But I appreciate all you hanging out here, starting off your week with us. Really appreciate all the support, all the love. If you guys want to help us out here, leave a five-star review on the podcast. If Wherever you're listening, if you just scroll down to the bottom of the feed, hit the five stars, that is about as helpful as you could be helping us grow here. If you want to follow me on Twitter, like I said off the top, it's at Orico 99 And if you want to follow along with all the other great work here at Sports Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, Fantasy BB, all of our podcasts, all of our articles, all of our news and notes, everything we got going on, on the baseball side, it does get shared out there. And if you're not on Twitter, sportsethos.com is the place to be. Not just for baseball, we got a ton of different stuff. And I believe tomorrow we actually have a live NBA draft lottery show. So a lot of stuff going on, guys. Make sure you're checking out Sports Ethos and checking out all of our great new content. But until tomorrow, I hope everybody's a great night, gets home safe, and we will see you again tomorrow. Cheers, everybody. Take care.